What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Before we start today's show, I'm hoping you can help us out. CityCast is surveying our listeners to help make CityCast Chicago a better, more useful podcast for you. We're asking you to answer a few questions at citycast.fm slash survey. It'll only take a few minutes, and when you take it, you'll be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. That's citycast.fm slash survey. And thanks. Today on CityCast Chicago... We're coming up on an important date in Chicago movie history. Monday, June 5th, is the day Ferris Bueller took off, at least if you go by the Cubs game footage. So we're revisiting host Jacoby Cochran's conversation from the fall with Lee Greco, a writer who set out to learn if you could actually fit Ferris Bueller's Chicago adventure into one day. It's Thursday, June 1st. I'm Simona Licea in for Jacoby, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Lee, I appreciate you joining us at CityCast Chicago. Thanks so much. Um, love the show and so happy to be here. Can you tell me about like your earliest memories of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like, What do you remember uh, about that film? I grew up watching this movie. My brother is seven years older than me, so um, he was more of an 80s kid. And so he and I uh, would marathon all the John Hughes movies, Home Alone and Ferris Bueller. Probably the parade scene was something that I always wanted to do every time I'm at a parade. I've always wanted to jump on a float, but (laughs) (laughs) I've never had the opportunity to do so. But in my mind, that would be like the perfect Ferris Bueller thing to do. As you watched this movie as a kid, what do you remember thinking about Chicago? Because you were watching this growing up and living in Buffalo. I've always kind of felt an affinity for Chicago because there's a lot of Buffalonians living here. Um, There are. Y'all got like (laughs) y'all own Buffalo Bills bar, which is wild. We have a couple, actually. The good one is Delilah's. Um, Uh But yeah, like Buffalo is kind of Chicago in miniature, you know, like we're both by the lake. We've both got Art Deco and Frank Lloyd Wright architecture, really similar demographics. When you first came to Chicago, are those iconic moments from Ferris Bueller, like the different architecture, the art museums, the sports teams, were those things that you had held with you, like coming to Chicago, like those are things that you had to hit, that you had to see? Um, Or did you get, you know, your own taste of Chicago, very separate from the movie? I think I think a little bit of both. I think, um, you know, when I went to Wrigley for the first time, which was only a couple years ago with my brother, um, we were sitting in the bleachers. And yeah, my first thought was just like, 
oh my gosh, I'm having a Ferris Bueller day right now, even though it was a Saturday then too. Um, And same thing with the Art Institute. Um, You know, I love Impressionist works and I've seen them all around the world. Um, But there's something about sitting with or rather standing with um, Sunday on Le Grand Jat um, by Georges Seurat at the Art Institute that, you know, you feel something else. You feel like, you have to stare at that painting and really look at it. The places that John Hughes visits in Ferris Bueller um, are typically touristy spots anyway. So I'd probably go to them regardless of the movie. But I think I definitely was viewing them through the characters' eyes every time I visited them. Hey, y'all really committed. Y'all went in cosplay. <laughs> you was dressed up as Ferris. You had Stone. You had even Buddy had the Red Wings jersey on. You know, how did you plan for your F- Ferris Bueller day? You have to plan like a Cameron and then spend the day like a Ferris. <laughs> so you need to stress over it. You need to be angsty mm-hmm. in planning. You need to be meticulous. You actually need to be really skeptical. Mm-hmm. But in your experience of it, you need to be loose goosey. Go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Your father might be sitting in a taxi cab right next to you. <laughs> you know, just, just go with the flow. Look over there. And what was weird was part of it was meticulous planning. Like I went through. And, you know, Google mapped all the spots. But then part of it was also luck. Like, some people think that I've been planning this for a year. My editor (laughs) only asked me about it in early August, I think. And so I was looking for weekday parades in Chicago in September and October. And I couldn't find any that were the same day as a Cubs game at home. So that's why it's weekend day and not an actual, quote, day off. Was that the most, like, logistically in terms of tough things? Obviously, so many other things you can just maybe book a reservation, you can mm-hmm. just walk to. But a parade and a Cubs game happening on the same day, was that the thing that you had to, like, figure out first? Yeah, and that was the thing that stressed me out the most because <laughs> um, an afternoon <laughs> Cubs game starts at one twenty and mm-hmm. ends around, you know, 4.20. They're about three hours. The parade, which... Uh, takes place it's a von steuben parade the same one from the movie um which in the movie is on dearborn uh and they have since moved it uh to lincoln square so the parade started at 2 p.m so i knew there was no way we could get to the cubs game and then to the parade like we just we would have like maybe five minutes irregularly that's dumb so we had to get to the parade get on the float and then bop over to wrigley and So a lot of planning was involved there, but then also, again, a lot of luck. Like, we miraculously got a parking spot on Damon that was free and no permit. And then we miraculously got a parking spot on Addison, one block from Wrigley, that was also free and no permit. Like, I I kept thinking I was getting punked. It was Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. Because when you think about the movie, they don't really address how any of this got paid for. So I just kind of went with that same flow in the piece. I was just like, okay, maybe she's just getting the best parking possible to pull this joint off. We did valet it at lunch. And then, of course, we went to the garage because we wanted to go to the same garage. And honestly, to only spend, I think it was like $14 at the garage and then 20 to valet in Chicago, like for a whole day, I don't 
that's not bad. <laughs> that's mm. pretty oh, reasonable. <laughs> Hey, damn it. You realize if we played by the rules right now, we'd be in gym? Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. You got to do the Von Steuben Parade. You got to do uh, a Cubs game. What's that list of things that you knew you had to get through in this day for it to accurately be considered an attempt at the Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, so I think the things that we took out because this is for a travel section and we also meant it to be, you know, kind of a guide for people visiting Chicago and the North Shore area. So um, we didn't, you know, go in a stranger's pool <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the North Shore and, you know, have my friend Vasilios like pretend to drown. Like that just seemed like a lot. So the things that might have been integral to the plot but not integral to an actual day of travel in Chicago and sightseeing, we left out. So that meant, um, you know, we we had to go on Lakeshore Drive. We had to go to Sears Tower. Um, we would have liked to go to the Stock Exchange, but that same floor doesn't exist anymore. Plus, again, it was a Saturday. So uh, even if we went to the CME floor, that would have been out. And then we also stopped at uh, Calder's Flamingo, uh, which is uh, the statue uh, that Sloan and Cameron are walking in front of when they have that dialogue during the parade scene. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. There's nothing he can't handle. I can't handle anything. School, parents, future. Ferris can do anything. I don't know what I'm going to do. Take me to that part at the Art Institute, because that's one of the parts of the movie where it's montaged up. But you see about 40 different pieces from, you know, Cameron in front of, you know, A Sunday Afternoon by George Surratt, you know, Sloan and Ferris kissing in front of America Windows by Chagall. Most of the pieces from the movie are there. They might be in different spots in the museum. Um, but we we visited probably four or five, like the major ones that the characters interact with. We couldn't get to all 40. And then the other fun thing was um, 
we ran into another Cameron and Sloan in the come atrium. Come on. Yes. People was, <laughs> come on, yes. tell me about this. So we're coming up. the. So the Art Institute opens at 11 a.m. So that's why people are like, how did you get, you know, Cameron alone with the Surat? I've never seen that painting without a million people around me. That's because we got there like, as it opened. And that was the first place we ran to. And literally, as we're running up the atrium steps, we see a guy in a Red Wings jersey, uh, and another girl in a fringe jacket. And then uh, we were in front of a Toulouse-Lautrec painting, uh, where, you know, the three characters are crossing their arms. And this kid walks in this 12 year old kid from Indiana, uh, named Dax Durbin. He's dressed as Ferris with the gray jacket on and it was again it was similar to when i went to do the home alone piece there were all these young kids that were like yeah i like home alone it's cool but then their millennial or gen x parents are like i've been planning this since he was born like they're so <laughs> they're so obsessed with it and like the kids are like having fun but the parents are clearly the ones who have been thinking about this for you know probably 20 plus years when you watch ferris bueller you want to live vicariously through him and this is just an extension of that and you know we see people in real life uh imitating art with this film and then you know recently we've seen art imitating art um I just watched that episode of Southside over the weekend. Turner and Brenda. Talk about it. I, <laughs> yes. Isn't that such a beautiful scene? Well, maybe I've been going at this wrong the whole time. You know, I, I'm too uptight. I also have more of a devil make care attitude like Brenda. You know, just get lost and dive right into that stranger's bid. Meanwhile. Save Brenda? Yeah. That bitch ain't sick. Let me tell you something, Liv. They go to do Sable yeah. here on the South Side in Washington Park. And that's beautiful because I think people want to keep paying homage to this film because it captures the spirit of Chicago. And I love that, you know, South Side obviously did that on the South Side. Ferris Bueller's more North Side focused. Um, but, you know, it, it was so, like, beautifully executed and, and just, you know, yeah, I loved it. I'm so glad you mentioned that episode of Southside because if there's one thing that has always been in the back of my mind as I watch Ferris Bueller is, I don't know if a black kid could get away with this. And so to see Southside recreated from um, a, a different perspective and even as I, I read your piece, there seemed to be a, a sort of community element. Not every usher at the at the ball game was willing to help you in, but like when you go to the parade, for example, can you tell me about how not only being dressed up as Ferris like changed that experience, but like that's one of the parts that it's like, okay, you could maybe go to a parade, but Ferris wasn't just at a parade, my G. Can you talk about what was it like to pull up and how far did you expect the parade experience to go or match, you know, singing Twist and Shout downtown? Yeah, so that was also, aside from, you know, the parking, that was the part where I thought, I'm not sure that this is doable in real life. But when we got to the parade, uh, I just approached uh, the Donk House float and you know, very politely asked like, hey, we're doing this piece. Um, could I join your float? And they not only agreed, but they said, yeah, actually, we were looking for a Ferris Bueller. So it was kind of perfect. But I think that that was the point of the day. Like even going to that parade, we we passed a couple of cops and they were like, oh, Ferris. And 
my friends and I noted, oh, okay, yeah, that is not that is not a universal experience for all Chicagoans to get that positive interaction. But I think both that and the parade kind of prove that, um, you know, I guess there were two kinds of privilege that I was experiencing. One, it's, you know, like, uh, you know, being white, but also it was like Ferris privilege. Like people see you dressed as the character and not only do they want to help you um, or allow you to do things, but um, like they encourage you to. When we were at the parade, uh, one of the women uh, on the float mentioned to us that she was one of the extras in the film. Uh, and then one of the guys selling beer at Wrigley said, oh, you got to go over to this section over there because some of the guys selling beer there were also in the film. One of the things that struck me when I moved here from D.C. was just like how Chicagoans really enjoy living. And I don't know if you realize this from like being here for so long, but like People just enjoy music so much and food, and you see that in every single neighborhood, whether it's like, you know, the Puerto Rican Festival in Humboldt Park or, you know, the Great Lakes Jumper over at Montrose Harbor. Um, You know, Chicagoans celebrate life every single day, and I think that's what Ferris Bueller celebrates is like the joy of living here and, and just, you know, the joy of living in general. For a tourist coming to visit Chicago, would you recommend maybe a day that looks a little closer to yours logistically than the actual plot of the movie? But do you think this day still holds up that if you did the majority of these things on the list, that your Chicago experience would be better served for it? So this was definitely one of the best days that I've ever had in Chicago, but I wouldn't recommend that someone just visiting for the day replicate this. Um, because you're not getting to sit with every experience. Um, like I've been to the Art Institute previously and I've been to a game at Wrigley before, but I I think I would recommend maybe breaking these things up into different days, um, and actually getting the time to enjoy it. I mean, Ferris's, uh, message at the end of the film is, you know, take time to stop and look around, um, or you might miss it. Uh, so I think that's what folks should do here. Lee, thank you so much for writing this. It was amazing for me to go back and watch the movie through this new lens. Thank you for coming on CityCast today. Thanks so much for having me. And a little bit of news before we let you go. After intense debate and some heckling from the crowd, City Council approved a plan to spend $51 million to help care for arriving asylum seekers. The council also voted to make permanent a pandemic-era program that allows more outdoor dining options for restaurants. Temperatures hit 91 degrees at O'Hare yesterday, and it looks like we're in for warm weather for the next week and a half. That's a good reminder that Chicago now has air conditioning requirements for landlords. And if you missed Tuesday's episode, go back and listen to learn more about your renter rights. And some good news to get you through. Did you know Illinois has a senior hall of fame? If you know someone 65 or older who should be recognized for their achievements in community service, education, or art, today is the last day to nominate them. Check the link in the show notes for more details. 
I learned about Illinois Senior Hall of Fame through our newsletter, Hey Chicago. You can learn cool stuff like that if you sign up at chicago.citycast.fm slash newsletter. It's in your inbox every single day. We'll be back in your feeds tomorrow, rounding up the week's news. We'll talk to you then.